0: Chapter Eighteen of Hagar's Daughter A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hagar's Daughter A Story of Southern Caste Prejudice by Pauline Hopkins. Chapter Eighteen the burst of gaiety which the ball brought into Jewel's life made the succeeding days of gloom more depressing her high spirits had received a severe shock in her supposed discovery of cuthbert's treachery from which they rallied with difficulty don't stand there my darling those large windows are always droughty i feel nothing of the sort mamma don't libel this beautiful house if you please beautiful house indeed i shall be glad when june is come i long for the breeze of the ranch there will be more snow by to-morrow mamma of course it seems to me that everything is out of joint think of snow in washington in march jewel left the window where the light was darkening she smiled at mrs bowen and one could see how wan and delicate she looked mamma you are pessimistic to-day she said kneeling beside the fire and stretching out her hands to the blaze mrs bowen made to reply in truth her heart was bitter within her breast she made an effort to appear cheerful before jewel not altogether successful the two ladies were in the favorite lounging-room of the family the small reception-room jewel's great mass of bright hair rolled at the back of her small head seemed too heavy a weight for it while the hand that held the fleecy shawl about her was so shadowy as to fill one with apprehension yet she did not complain. Only her parents noted the change in her since the night of the great ball with feelings of uneasiness. "'My dear,' said the senator to his wife in one of their conversations about the best course in the matter, "'my dear, if it were left to me, I'd shoot Sumner on sight. Out in Frisco his life wouldn't be worth a cuss. I've as much as I can do to keep decent and not put a ball into his miserable carcass.' Think of a feller philandering after two women to once, either one of em handsome enough to satisfy any reasonable man, even if he is dead sod on looks in a female. Blast my eyes, Mrs. Senator, it's lucky we start for Frisco as soon as the session closes. I'd not answer for holding in much longer. Who'd a believed it possible? Sumner seems such a decent feller.' Talk about deceit in women. Women ain't in it compared with these eastern-raised gents they call men. Then Senator Bowen retired to his club to vent his rage in pushing billiard-balls about. It was during one of his fits of impotent wrath that he fell into Major Madison's toils and became an easy victim. "'Oh, my dove,' murmured Mrs. Bowen to herself, as she had murmured many a time during the past few weeks, my gentle proud suffering flower how i wish i could take the pain out of your young heart and bear it for you it is so hard to see that look on your child's face and feel that the sunshine is gone for you and then realize that with all my love i can do nothing 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 a woman's life is hard hard from the cradle to the grave oh god why were we made to bear all the punishment for adam's fall why are men so cruel why did he win her heart to throw it to one side as a worthless bauble mrs bowen was crocheting an afghan and the needle dropped from her long white fingers and a settled look of pain crept like a veil over the beautiful proud face as she gazed into the fire aurelia had been to see Jewel, had told her with many tears and sobs of the broken engagement between herself and cuthbert that they still loved each other that sumner blamed himself for believing that he had forgotten her aurelia and had engaged himself to jewel without realizing the true state of his feelings and now he would never marry neither of them felt that they could know happiness without the thought of jewel's wrongs before them could they not be friends still she and jewel she was so lonely and miserable feeling that she had brought so much suffering on her dear friend mrs bowen heard it all but deep in her heart was a doubt of the specious pleader i wish we had not been so hasty and had given cuthbert a chance to explain she remarked to jewel one day there is nothing to explain replied jewel lifting her head proudly i saw and heard it all for myself he told me he had only met aurelia casually at the cape leaving almost immediately now i find beyond a doubt that they were actually engaged "'Nothing can alter the fact "'that he had something to conceal "'and for that reason deceived me. "'Then, too, Papa has met him at the Majors "'and has heard the gossip of the clubs. "'It proves itself, Mamma. "'There is nothing more to be said. "'I, I have learnt my lesson. "'I shall never be so foolish again. "'I have to thank Mr. Sumner "'for teaching me worldly wisdom. "'I had thought better things of Cuthbert. "'I would never have believed him "'to be the cruel, selfish man he has proved.' well may he have some peace before he marries aurelia for i suppose it will end that way he will be punished if he marries her or i greatly mistake her nature jewel knelt on gazing into the fire she was silent for a time and then she said gently you dislike aurelia mamma simply for my sake it is not like you to be unjust mrs bowen glanced at her sharply it is not that alone jewel but i believe her false i have a presentiment that there is something wrong oh my darling do be careful i think it would kill your father if anything happened to you exclaimed mrs bowen as she folded her daughter in her loving arms jewel answered her tender embrace with warm kisses dear mamma the sting is taken out of all the pain when i remembered that no matter what comes my own darling father and mother see no fault in their dear girl ah children who have not needed it yet "'believe that the wound must be mortal "'that cannot be soothed by a parental balm and oil. "'Those dear ones have the power to restore self-respect, "'though they may be powerless to restore happiness.' "'Mrs. Bowen put the girl from her and left the room. "'Yes, I too shall be glad to return to the ranch. "'It will be quiet and peaceful there. "'I shall forget,' she shivered. "'Forget,' she repeated, pressing her hands to her breast "'and moving to and fro in agitation.' no no i shall never forget i shall remember as long as i live she rose to her feet and began walking the length of the room the opening of the door aroused her and turning with a slight frown she saw general benson the frown deepened as she saw him place a basket of lovely flowers on a table she did not desire him to bring her gifts but this did not cause her pain it was the vision of a bygone day when someone else was wont to come softly into the room with beautiful flowers her face flushed for a moment then became paler than ever she gave general benson her hand silently he bit his lip when he saw how quickly she withdrew it sam told me i should find mrs bowen here he said courteously mamma is in her room i will ring and let her know you are here wait one moment he pleaded I have brought you some flowers, Miss Jewel. They are very beautiful, she answered coldly, and you are very kind, General Benson. Flowers suit you, he said in his soft caressing voice that had never failed him with other women but which was wasted on Jewel. You should always be surrounded with them, Miss Jewel. She did not smile. This man's admiration jarred on her, her father liked his pleasant ways and found him a good companion to while away the hours but somehow she could not assume the easy familiarity of friendship with him she took herself to task for her growing dislike of him why should she be so ungenerous to one so kind why should she shrink from him with a loathing she could not repress she had never voiced her feelings but she knew that her mother felt with her toward this suave diplomatic gentleman She had once seen him kick the dog that followed him, cowed and faithful only through fear, and she disliked him for the cowardly act. She spoke to him about it. "'Oh, one must be in the fashion,' he replied, never dreaming of the anger and disgust beneath the girl's cold exterior. "'And dogs were made to kick. People talk a lot of rubbish about the faithfulness of dogs. It's all bosh. Their devotion means dread of the whip or a strong boot, Miss Jewel.' jewel's disgust was so great that for the moment she lost all other feeling every remnant of respect and liking fled he had forgotten the incident and though resenting the girl's coldness he did not associate his own cruelty with it in fact he put it down to coquetry and it only inflamed his admiration and strengthened his determination to make the girl his wife he wondered if senator and mrs bowen would oppose him jewel's stepmother was a woman of the world and between general benson and herself there was no great liking he felt uneasy in her presence that under her rather haughty manner a keen sight was hidden that read his motives senator bowen was more to his liking in reply to mrs bowen's cautious questioning concerning general benson the senator's answer was the government my dear gives him its confidence by placing him in a responsible position that is enough for me uncle sam never employs rascals to transact his business opposition or not general benson meant to win in the end aurelia might fail with cuthbert but he would win with jewel he was irritated by the delay apart from his vanity which was injured by jewel's indifference it was time the engagement was announced his creditors were unpleasantly pressing his property in baltimore was mortgaged up to its full value There was nothing for it but this marriage with the California millionaire's heiress. Heiresses were not easily found. It was only a question of time and management, and Jewel must be his wife. "'Yes, you are one of those beings for whom it seems flowers were especially created. I always think of you as a delicate lily or a white rose.' The girl's face flushed, but not with pleasure. "'Mama must see them. She will admire them.' she said as she rang the bell and sent a message to Mrs. Bowen. General Benson bit his lip. He had intended speaking to her to-day, but it was not an easy thing to do. She kept him at bay. "'Have you seen Miss Madsen lately?' he asked, sauntering up to the fire. Jewel shook her head. "'Not this week,' and the troubled look returned to her eyes. "'She is a great girl.' benson said with a laugh he leaned against the overmantel and stroked his moustache she and sumner are going the pace i suppose we cannot expect love-birds to remember anything outside their paradise jewel shivered she loves him still he said to himself between his teeth well it is no matter she may love him now but i shall alter that when she is my wife and then with the innate cruelty of his nature he continued "'Sumner is to be congratulated, if what I hear is true. "'The Madisons are a fine old Southern family, "'and Miss Aurelia is worthy of her race.' "'He hid a smile behind his hand. "'It is quite refreshing, in these matter-of-fact days, "'to come upon a real genuine romance. "'Love, they say, is out of fashion. "'If so, I am afraid, Sumner is a long way behind the times, "'for I am told he is madly in love. "'That, I guessed, the first time I saw them together.' one could read his infatuation in his eyes. Miss Madsen's magnificent beauty easily accounts for it. Her face is her fortune most assuredly. Jewel drew herself away a few steps. The pain he hoped to give her was not there. She had schooled herself to bear hearing the news of the engagement at any time. He could arouse her indignation, pride. This he did successfully. Then it is settled. Aurelia is very beautiful, she said quietly. She is my friend, and I think her one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. He smiled. "'Ah, pardon, Miss Jewell. I had forgotten while speaking that you were more than ordinarily interested. Always sweet and generous, Miss Jewell. Most rarely so, for one beautiful woman seldom acknowledges another.' "'Here is Mamma. Jewell turned to the door with a faint sigh of relief. "'Will you excuse me, General Benson? I want to catch the next mail.' "'General Benson did not stay much longer. "'He was not at his ease with Mrs. Bowen. "'He was furious with Jewel for retiring and leaving him with her mother. "'He set it down against her in his book of reckoning "'to be settled in a future not far distant. "'Mrs. Bowen went to Jewel after he was gone. "'You have not looked at your flowers, Blossom,' she said gently. "'Her daughter colored. "'They are very beautiful, but they give you no pleasure?' "'I do not like presents from General Benson.' "'You do not like him?' queried her mother, stroking the wonderful coils of shining hair. The girl shivered. "'No, no, I do not like him at all. He is very kind, but I cannot bring myself to like him, Mamma dear.' Mrs. Bowen kissed her brow. "'Nor do I. He is a bad man, and I shall find a way to stop his calling here.' She paused a moment, lost in deep thought. "'Perhaps it is well that we do not return to Washington next fall.' "'I am glad your father has so decided.' "'The small hours of the morning found Jewel still sitting before her bedroom fire. "'She had returned from a reception and had dismissed her maid, "'telling Venus that she would manage without her. "'She was thinking of words she had heard that confirmed the report "'that Sumner and Aurelia were engaged. "'She had not seen the latter for a number of days, "'but she felt that she might expect her at any moment to confirm the report.' what is first love some say first love is calf love a silly infatuation for an insipid hero or heroine others will tell you first love is the only true passion that it comes but once to every human being that the intense yearning for the sound of a beloved voice the sight of an adored face the clasp of a hand only fills the heart once in a lifetime the question as to whether it is the deepest love must be answered by each individual the heart knoweth its own bitterness says holy writ so also it knoweth its own joy jewel was a firm believer in the strength of first love and now she found herself suffering the pangs of love despised the anguish of disappointment the humiliation of neglect ever before her inner sight was the merry dancing daring the glancing fun in those dark eyes so recently her son How little she had been to him that he could so soon forget. Oh, they were beautiful eyes, she thought, with the stirring of the old rapture at her heart. What a noble face he has, high-bred, refined, and manly, too. There was not another man to compare with him, and he belonged to another. A bitter pang smote upon her, a keen memory of the events of the past weeks. She wept over her baseless dreams, and prayed for strength to solve the problem of her life. How shall I meet him? she asked herself. How shall I be calm, conventional, to Mr. and Mrs. Cuthbert Sumner? Long she sat there pondering many things. End of chapter 18